When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Browns out on the practice field in a hot, steamy Berea as Baker Mayfield finds Odell Beckham Jr. Some defense for you as well. Greg Newsom, a nice job breaking on the ball and breaking up the pass. Baker Mayfield finding Austin Hooper all alone, and that is a really good sign for the Browns' offense in the red zone. Hope Tuesday is off to a great start, everybody. Welcome to Sports for CLE. I'm Dave Bacon. The Browns moved up practice time so they could stay outside, kind of simulate the heat that will be uh, waiting for them in Jacksonville, Florida, for their first preseason game against the Jaguars on Saturday. Um, and also some news. Uh, Browns uh, have an off day tomorrow. Greedy Williams is expected to play a little bit in that first preseason game, but they will be smart with him, according to Kevin Stefanski. And the kickers will alternate kicking opportunities in that first preseason game. As mentioned, Browns moved up their practice time about, about an hour so they could stay outside to simulate the heat of Jacksonville, where they are playing uh, Saturday in their first preseason game. Speaking of Jacksonville, so the plan will be to rest the majority of the starters. Uh, I look at it as a great opportunity for young players, uh, young and old players, uh, to go out there and compete against a different color jersey. Uh, it's always fun to see the guys out there and, and making plays and seeing their teammates get excited about it. So looking forward to, to the experience of that first preseason game, seeing the guys out there. And, and it's all part of a, a teaching progression, a learning progression. Uh, we'll learn from the good and the bad that occurs. And then uh, also it's all part of the evaluation process. Let's welcome in John Fanta and John. So uh, Baker Mayfield not playing, most of the starters not playing. Not a problem in my eyes. What are your thoughts on that? Totally agree, Dave, and thanks for having me. I don't think it's a problem at all. In fact, I think it's a smart thing for the Cleveland Browns to do. You gain nothing really, from playing the starters in a, in a game like this down in Jacksonville uh, because the Browns are on the same page. And Kevin Stefanski, the reigning NFL coach of the year, has his roster in touch. He's got his situations down. The Cleveland Browns do not have to play any starters in this game. And for me, uh, there are a lot of roster battles that as we get down to it, the Browns are going to have to decide on. So for those decisions to get made, this can be a key indicator point. Uh, and those guys are going to get their opportunities here. Those that are fighting for roster spots, those that are trying to showcase what they're made of. Uh, so it's going to be a prime opportunity for some of those backups to show what they're made of and to, to give us a look at, at what they've been working on. The Browns have depth in a variety of positions here heading into this season. And I think that this is a prime opportunity to find out a little bit more about that depth because 
as much as we might see a, a guy show us something, this is now a chance for uh, Tommy Togai, uh, uh, Dimitri Felton, to give us an actual look at, at who they are and at what they're doing and how they're progressing here in the preseason. So I think this is a smart decision by the Browns. There's nothing that could come out of it that's that good uh, if you play the starters. Why not find out about the depth that you've been talking about in a game like this? I think it's a smart decision. Yeah, and it's important to note um, on the initial depth chart, none of the rookies um, are listed as starters. Again, you, you got to earn that. One guy who does figure to uh, get plenty of playing time is Jeremiah Owusu-Koromo. He talked about his anticipation of uh, getting out there and playing in a preseason game as well as trying to make up for those 10 days that he lost at the beginning of camp. My expectations um, are obviously high. Um, you know, you want to go into the game believing that uh, you prepared yourself right. Um, you know, I had a little 10-day setback, but uh, nothing that was too detrimental, um, you know. As far as the opponent, I've seen a couple of the guys before, so it won't be nothing too unfamiliar. And I'm looking forward to it and looking to see what the outcome is. Are you, are, are you fully up to speed then? Are you expecting to play, uh, you know, as many snaps as you would hope? Yeah, yeah, I'm probably looking to play a lot. Um, just to, you know, because I did miss those 10-day in-game or in-practice reps, I'll probably play a lot um, come the game, but, you know, we'll see. And again, John, I think it's important to note you, you want those rookies to get a – it's a little bit faster. Even if you play at Notre Dame or you play in the SEC, speed of the game is – it's the NFL. It's a little bit faster, and it's a good time to get them kind of acclimated to that. Absolutely. For Jeremiah Wusu koromora this is the type of opportunity that he could need to get back up to speed uh, if if not, not that he's been far off, but look, he started off training camp behind the eight ball um, with the with the COVID situation. So for Jeremiah Wusu koromora this is a great opportunity for him to come into the fold, get a lot of snaps, get those reps. It's it's a terrific chance for him to get back up to speed and to feel out an NFL game. That's what the preseason is for. The preseason is for guys who are unfamiliar with the scene of an NFL game to become acclimated to it. Now, as much as JOK says, I'm going to be available for anything and everything, I still think that the Browns at some point are, are going to, to cut off someone that they believe is going to be a vital part of their defense this season. But for JOK, this is really our first major impression of him and how he's going to handle things. And I expect him to handle things well. The fact is, the Browns have the highest of expectations, I believe, even more so, I would say, Dave, than, than Greg Newsome, who they have high expectations for. But when you look at what their linebacker situation is and you think about where JOK fits in, he's going to play such a big role on this team, in my opinion, and I think in the opinions of, of the Browns coaching staff because the Browns linebacker core um, is a – a unit that did not cover the middle of the field all that well last year and in the passing game did not do that good of a job. And Jeremiah Wusu koromora is supposed to be the guy that helps fix that. So we get a glimpse of that uh, this weekend, and I fully expect uh, that we're going to see him showcase 
everything that he has, and it's a chance for him to really get up to speed on pace with everybody else in the event that he was behind. This is a beneficial situation for him, and I like the way he talks. Um, I, I think he's someone that that wants to take it on. He wants to take on the fight, and you hear him say, uh, I'm going to be available. So for JOK, it's a great chance uh, this weekend, and, and we're going to get a first impression of someone who I believe uh, could be the Browns' best rookie. I, I mean, I that that's a stick take, and and I, I know that a lot of people are high on Newsom. I am higher on JOK because I think um, I, I've got a sense that the Browns are high on what he can do, and we're going to get to see that this weekend. Yeah, you could make a case for um, for JOK or Greg Newsom as well. A, a guy that you know has a chance to go out and, and really help his cause to earn a roster spot is Demetric Felton. And Felton has been the hardest working guy in training camp, learning how to play running back in his nose in the playbook, learning that skill set, also nose in the playbook for wide receiver. So he's learning two positions at the NFL level and doing a pretty good job of it. Definitely. (laughs) You know, um, I get home pretty late and then I'm, you know, I'm never satisfied with you know knowing the bare minimum and so i try to just get home and study uh until i can't anymore until i'm like dozing off and so that's what i that's what my life is like right now it's just all football but i'm enjoying it you know i've, I've dreamt about this my whole life now i'm finally here and i, I want to stay so i'm working my butt off and again you like to hear that from a rookie he realizes um you know he has a chance to make the team i think Something to keep – what I want to keep an eye out for with Demetric Felton, it may not happen in week one. If they start sliding him back to, to return kicks, that's a pretty good indication they're trying to find a reason to keep him on the 53-man roster. Well said. It's something that I'm looking for too. And who better to learn from than the best one-two punch in the NFL, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Demetric Felton comes into a situation where, yeah, you realize you're in a competitive running backs room. But if you have the versatility that Demetric Felton offers, there's a reason why the Browns picked him on draft night. And that's why Demetric Felton really carries um, a compelling, compelling vibe when you think about the role that he could play for this football team. The fact is, the Browns are loaded with playmakers. But some of the top playmakers are going to take a lot of attention from opposing defenses. So Demetric Felton has a real chance to be a hybrid guy for the Cleveland Browns. And Kevin Stefanski loves creativity. Demetric Felton embodies creativity. So I think that that is a really big storyline here to watch. Will Demetric Felton be um, a kick returner for the Cleveland Browns, a punt returner for the Cleveland Browns heading into this season? It's going to be something that that we're watching, and it's a it's a role with an open chair. So for Demetric Felton, uh, I I'm very optimistic on him, and I think that he's in the right learning environment for a rookie, and he's someone that could really end up helping the Browns because he is such a good catcher of the football. He broke a UCLA all-time record, um, and and I expect that to carry over. So. He's a guy that I think got slept on on draft night that I think is ready to showcase his skill set. And he comes into a situation in Cleveland where the special teams can get better. Demetri Felton can be part of that. 
John Fantanai going to step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, we'll continue talking Browns football. We'll hear from a couple of rookies talking about how the veterans are helping them out out in Berea. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. Sports for CLE continues. We continue talking Browns football. Jordan Elliott, second-year defensive tackle, talked about how the veterans at that position group as well as the ends have helped him. Malik Jackson, kind of a role model, and he's also picking the brains of everybody, trying to be a a better pass rusher. Uh, All in all, a good situation for Jordan Elliott and the young defensive lineman. You know, honestly, he's a, a leader by example. Uh, somebody that, you know, just persistent, you know, that's kind of lesson I'm learning from him just by observing him, just continuing to go, you know what I mean? Continue with it, to pursue, you know, the, the greatness that's in you. So, uh, you know, I'm thankful for him uh, being a veteran, uh, a good veteran, I should say, and, and just being a good example. Uh, honestly, just to get better at pass rushing, uh, you know, that's something I felt like was was my weakness still is, you know, uh, just getting better every every day. Uh, but just the little details of pass rushing and the art of it, you know, and how to do it effectively. So, you know, that's what I'm constantly talking about, talking to him about. So, again, that's uh, Elliot talking about Jadavian Clowney and before that Malik Jackson, uh, the defensive tackle. So, John Fanta, again, a, a really good situation with veterans kind of mentoring younger players. It really is, and – you talk about what you want inside a position room and the Browns have that they have a mix of experience and youth and they're going to have to hash that out when uh, certain situations big picture come together with contracts and whatnot but let's bring it back down to Malik Jackson for a moment Malik Jackson is who you want in your defensive line room and I think that we don't talk enough about the fact that look He has been a part of a championship-caliber team. He was with Denver back in 2015, and he's someone who's racked up 270 tackles, close to that, on his career. And I I think that there's a big question with Malik Jackson of how much more does he have to give and what's he going to give the Browns, but they expect him to give them good workload, to give them solid production. So – I think that that's a really good thing uh, because Miles Garrett and Jadavia and Clowney lead the storylines with this defensive line room, and rightfully so. But the Browns do have a couple of guys um, on their defensive unit and on that line that bring some experience to the table. And for Jordan Elliott, what 
we've heard around Berea is that Jordan Elliott came to training camp as conditioned and as ready. Chris Kiffin talked about this, and I know we're going to get to it, as any player for the Browns. He was ready to go. So when you have someone like a Jadavion Clowney, um, a Malik Jackson to bounce things off of, Jackson, a really good run stopper. That's what he's been through the middle. Jordan Elliott is benefiting, and Jordan Elliott is poised to make a leap for the Browns this season. Well, another guy, uh, Jeremiah Uskoromoa, talked about another of the veterans on the defensive side of the ball, different level, the linebacking core. Um, talked about Anthony Walker and what he's meant specifically to the young guys and JOK. And is a huge, huge leader, uh, huge ex- exemplar of, uh, you know, what it means to be able to lock in day in and day out, uh, to be able to even get out there yesterday and, and, and see how beneficial he was there yesterday. And uh, he's really a leader, for, especially for the young guys, because, you know, uh, he really keys in on, on uh, the smaller aspects of the game, um, not really the, the broad aspects in terms of the entire plays, but he'll get you down and, and sit you down to focus on the uh, small formations of uh, the offense, being able to focus on the personnel, being able to focus on, um, you know, the small keys that the quarterback may give you. And so he's been a, you know, extreme help uh, for the young guys and specifically me. Again, all good stuff. That's what you want. That's what he was brought in to do. It is what he was brought in to do. And Anthony Walker has produced the results. And you can sense from his teammates that he's producing the liking of his teammates around the locker room. And it's a genuine, genuine liking. Let's look at Anthony Walker. Since 2018, week one of 2018, Anthony Walker has put up 321 tackles in the National Football League. Uh, That's a tremendous rate. He is a terrific. And the Browns need to tackle better. So Anthony Walker, from a fundamental, from a technique standpoint, he's going to bring that to this Cleveland Browns team. I think that he is a money signing for the Cleveland Browns. This this fits for them because they needed a leader, a leader in that room, and he's going to give them that. And there was a piece um, on clevelandbrowns.com. Andrew Gribble does great work over there. And when Walker talked to the media, he said that last year when he was watching the Browns and then when he played the Browns um, early in the season and the Browns beat the Colts, that Anthony Walker saw the Cleveland Browns and said, this is a playoff team. This team is going to be very good. And wow. What is it like to have a player come into the organization? How times have changed. He wants to be a part of the equation here in Cleveland, and he sees what the potential is, and now he's a part of winning. And Kevin Stefanski has said before in training camp that Anthony Walker is a winner. So he's the type of guy you want on your football team, and it is exactly what you want a rookie like Jeremiah Wusukoromora to have, a guy who has made a living in this league, has produced consistent results, and sets a mindset inside his position room. Anthony Walker does all of those things, and he's been consistent in the National Football League. And what were the Cleveland Browns last year on defense? They were an inconsistent group. So Walker is a really, really strong addition for the Cleveland Browns, and JOK is a beneficiary of it. It's exactly the situation you want if you're really building an organization, not just one team. The Browns have something going here where they can be successful for years to come, and it's a situation like Walker and J.O.K. 
way that showcases it. Yeah, all good stuff again. All right, so sharp football analysis ranked the secondaries in the NFL. Ravens were the top one. Bills were the second. Broncos third. Rams were fourth. Or Rams were fifth, rather. Dolphins were fourth. Browns ranked sixth. So what they said, the Browns' secondary was a mess in 2020. Hard to argue that. Injuries to Delpit and Greedy Williams played a role. Um, In addition to getting them back, Slot cornerback Troy Hill, safety John Johnson, rookie Greg Newsom joined the crew. This should be one of the most improved units across the league. And, John, if the secondary is in good shape, Brown's defense is in good shape, that will help the offense. It all kind of interlocks. The Brown's offense is good. If they have a secondary playing well and a defense that's connected, the Brown's offense and everything around them, it's going to be great, championship great. And if the Browns secondary is, in fact, the top six secondary in the NFL, there is no reason why the Browns should not be playing on AFC Championship Sunday. I really mean that. I think it's, it is the fact of the matter. Because you have Miles Garrett and Davian Clowney. You're going to be more focused the way that the Browns are playing their scheme. Looks like this, this 4-2-5 that they're in a situation where the secondary is going to matter even more. And if the secondary is performing at a good level, the Browns are going to be in a very, very strong spot. They have to stay healthy. But in the event that they go through any nicks, any bruises throughout a season, they do have the depth in their secondary to replace that. I think it's very interesting to see what Greedy Williams, what Grant Delpit Delpit gives this football team because um, they are the, the – sort of question mark areas. How much can you expect? How much are you going to get? Um, If they are able to produce and add on to what the Browns have added uh, with Troy Hill, with John Johnson, a Denzel Ward who, who, if he's playing his A game, is an elite corner. And a Greg Newsom, who the Browns expect to be a guy that, that could start week one. The Browns are in a really interesting spot right now. And the secondary was the key area they had to get better in. They made the moves and the moves are being noticed by PFF, by sharp football. Um, and, and if the Browns are in fact a top six secondary, Dave, then you know how we toss around the Super Bowl expectations that for me would lead me to really, really believing the idea that the Cleveland Browns can be one of the last two, one of the last four standing in the NFL this season. Yeah, I would agree wholeheartedly. I, you know, if that defense comes through like it can, uh, it's going to be a, a lot of fun this fall. John Fanton and I are going to step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, Joe Thomas, uh, one of the Browns legends, ranks the tackles in the NFL. We'll tell you where one of the Browns ends up. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us.
Sports for Seattle continues. Continue talking Browns football. So Joe Thomas, a former left tackle for the Browns, now a NFL Network and NFL.com contributor, ranked the tackles in the NFL. Number one in the, in the NFL, David Bakhtiari from the Packers. Number two, Trent Williams from the 49ers. Teron Armstead from the Saints is number three. And uh, the Browns' right tackle, John, Jack Conklin, checks in at number 10. So a top 10 tackle was the big free agent signing a season ago, John Fanta. And um, you can't understate what Jack Conklin means to that offensive line. You cannot understate it. When the Browns made that signing, that was one of the first where you said, okay, they're getting serious about things. And remember two years ago, the Cleveland Browns' flaw was their offensive line. It really was. I mean, when they took that season opener loss to Tennessee a couple of years back when all the hype was in the air, um, the Browns' flaw was revealed, and that flaw stayed the same. Their offensive line needed a lot of help. Well, they bring in Jack Conklin, who has been Mr. Consistent. He carries an Iron Man-type mentality with him. When the Browns signed him, it was one of those signings, Dave, where it made sense But it also, around the league, was like, yeah, not only does it make sense, but Jack Conklin is going to be a steady Eddie type of guy for you at right tackle. And then you draft Jedrick Wills. And Jedrick Wills, isn't it amazing how we've got these ties on the Browns roster? We talked about JOK and Anthony Walker. We talked about Malik Jackson and Jordan Elliott. The Browns have a young left tackle. They have an experienced right tackle. Yes, those tackle positions do do different things, but the Browns have that mesh as well on their offensive line, a mix of youth and veterans. Jack Conklin was a home run signing for the Browns. He is just the type of consistent guy that you want on your offensive line. And that's why the Browns have the best right side of their offensive line in football um, with Wyatt Teller joining Jack Conklin. So for Cleveland, this has worked out well. And it speaks volumes that Jack Conklin does crack the top 10 in this ranking system. And I think if you ranked every Browns offensive lineman in their respective position, I know Jedrick Wills has things to get better at, but they would be right around that top 10 area because the Browns offensive line is the best in football entering this season. Yeah, and, um, you know, it it figures – to get even a little bit better because you do have Jedrick Wills, who's a rookie, and, and you, you have everybody back for a second year, and, and getting to know those guys should only improve um, what they're able to do. All right, Demetric Felton splitting his time between wide receiver and running back. And, you know, the, the question before Demetric Felton was, which, you know, which do you do more of? So Demetric Felton kind of explained uh, the split between wide receiver and running back. In the beginning of the camp, it was uh, I'll be in the running back room for two days, and then the other day I'll be in the wide receivers room. But uh, now I've been, you know, spending a little bit more time in the wide receiver room. But you know, anything can switch uh, at any given time, so I just got to stay ready. And, and I guess how do you approach that mentally? <laughs> kind of knowing one day you might be in one position. Is it taxing at all, or, or I mean, are you kind of made to handle that? Yeah, I mean, it, it can be a lot, but, you know, uh, that's what they expect out of me. And so I just got to be ready. And, uh, you know, that's why I was brought here. So I got to be able to be ready for it at any given time. Yeah, he's done a really nice job, Tom. He, uh, 
he's as advertised as a person. Uh, his coaches out there, UCLA, UCLA loved him, uh, and he re- he loves ball. He loves to to compete, uh, whether it's at wide receiver or running back or in special teams. Uh, you, you get the sense that this kid really loves to play football, uh, and like anybody, he'd love the ball in his hand, which is no shock. Um, but the kid, he, he's he's a really really competitive kid. And John, those are the type of guys that find their way onto rosters in the NFL. They are the types of guys who you find a role for. And Dimitri Felton's numbers show it. His attitude shows it. And let's face it, he's not going to be getting many carries rushing the football. And if he is, uh, the plan would be that the Browns are up by a, a good amount. That's nothing against Dimitri Felton. It's just talking about Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They're going to be sharing the carries for the Cleveland Browns. So it should come as no surprise that Dimitri Felton is in that wide receivers room. Look. The Browns have OBJ, they have Jarvis Landry, they have Rashard Higgins and Donovan Peoples-Jones. After that, uh, we've talked about Anthony Schwartz, we've talked about Kadero Hodge, but the Cleveland Browns can use a utility Swiss Army knife type of weapon who comes in as a rookie, teams don't have uh, pro tape on him, and Kevin Stefanski is Mr. Creativity, and you can sense Kevin Stefanski glowing about Felton and the it is not going to surprise me. I can tell you what right now. When Demetric Felton is involved in some sort of a trick play early on this season, because that's the kind of guy that he seems like he could be for the Cleveland Browns. So the fact that he's spending more time in the wide receiver room, I think that's a welcome sight. He's not going to be running the football that much when you're on a team with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, but he is someone, but we've talked about it. He racked up the catches and the receiving yards at UCLA. And the Browns thinking of him in that light shows that they were very wise taking him in the sixth round, a second straight season that the Browns have gotten a good locker room guy and a talented offensive weapon in the sixth round. John Fanton and I are going to step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, uh, John alluded to it. Jordan Elliott came to camp, best shape of his life. We'll hear from him. We will also uh, have a voicemail of truth and reason about Ben Simmons and the Cavs. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. continue talking Browns football. Uh, Jordan Elliott, second year in the uh, Browns system, came into training camp um, after having run in, remade his body, um, lost some weight. Browns want him to put on some weight. Uh, Jordan Elliott uh, trying to get it done and, and be really quick and a, for- and a factor from the defensive tackle position. 
honestly just wanted to come in a little lighter, uh, feeling better, uh, being able to run a little bit more, you know, just things like that. So it wasn't anything, uh, you know, out of the ordinary, just coming in more fine-tuned. How much weight did you lose? And have you noticed any drop-off in strength? Uh, I, I lost about 20 pounds. Uh, I'm 285 right now. So, uh, yeah, you know, there's going to be a, a little loss of strength with that, but it's coming back, you know, just staying in the weight room. Uh, that's, that's about it. Thanks. Uh, my target weight is around two, 297, 300. You know, I just keep it 300. Um, so, yeah, I got about 10 more to go. Um, my plan for it, I mean, just eating. Honestly, I got to just eat. <laughs> you know, as simple as that. Uh, yeah, but just being consistent with that, staying in the weight room and, and putting on lean muscle. So. And again, John Fanta, that's key. Um, they wanted to get the weight back on, kind of remake and make sure it's lean muscle so he keeps a lot of that quickness, gets a little bit of that strength back. Yeah, there's a balance there, and I think that Chris Kiffin and the Browns coaching staff are, are working on that balance for Jordan Elliott. Looking at Jordan Elliott, he is someone who showed uh, the Browns' consistency last season as it pertains to playing. He was the only Browns rookie to play in all 16 games last season. Only Browns to do that. Now, he only had 15 tackles, but I think that was just a motivating factor because the Browns showed they believed in him uh, with how much they, they played him and playing him in all 16 games. But for Jordan Elliott now, it is about applying that, that weight loss and taking it to the next level. Uh, so I think that Browns are very excited about what he can do in year two. He got the playing time uh, for a rookie to play in all 16 games, a good sign, especially in a COVID-19 year. But Jordan Elliott has said it before, too. He didn't feel like the results matched the appearances that he got in games. That's why you go and you lose weight. That's why you go and fix up your body so that you can handle the workload. I think that he's one of those guys. They always say it. Uh, we had Field Yates on the show last week, and he said, what you want to see from a player is that leap from year one to year two. And that's the prime time. If a player's going to make an improvement, that's when it's going to happen. Jordan Elliott looks the part of someone who could be one of the Browns' biggest leapers this upcoming season. Yeah, I, I would agree wholeheartedly. He'll have the opportunity as well. Um, so Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, uh, again, talked about his role and what it potentially could be in Joe Woods' defense. Um, just being able to be that guy that can cover, being able to be that guy that can get from point A uh, to point B or you know point A to point C, as we would call it, because that B, you got another guy that's in between you. So um, just being able to be that guy that's, um, that adds another aspect to the defense and to add another aspect to the linebacker core. I mean, we have fast guys as well, but, um, you know, I think when we understand the um, kind of understand kind of the the expectations that he has for me, um, it's, it more relies on the speed, more relies on the quickness and the blitzing ability and things like that. So, um, you know, when, when I'm in, he does call, um, you know, a lot of blitzes and a lot of things that kind of match my skill set. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing, um, you know, how that can prosper. And again, John, I'm looking forward as well to see exactly what role they use uh, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa in. 
I am too. And I think that the speed that he talks about, uh, that shows the Browns are relying on JOK to be someone that's important in pass coverage. That's going to be someone that's tracking down tight ends over the middle or potentially a, a running back out of the backfield and in blitz packages as well. When we talk about Joe Wood not having his full arsenal of weapons defensively last year to do what he really wanted to do, he was missing a guy like JOK. And now JOK can be utilized in a lot of capacities. And for the Browns to bring some real pass pressure. And when you have the secondary coverage that they do have, you can potentially let a linebacker loose on a third down for a package. JOK can be that type of guy. And if he's sitting back in coverage, now the Browns are going to be cleaned up much more in the middle of the field. So there's much to be expected with this guy. It sounds like he he is fully ready for it. He looks like a grown man. Uh, for a rookie, I'm, I'm so impressed by his physique, by the way he carries himself as well. It stands out to me uh, with JOK. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him play. And, and I think that he is someone that the Browns greatly needed. A guy like that last year, they filled a real role, and, and they got a potential steal in this draft with where they were able to select him. Incredible value by the Cleveland Browns and by Andrew Barry. Yeah, yeah, and, and they were fortunate to get him where they did. All right, uh, before we get to the uh, voicemail of Truth and Reason on Ben Simmons, uh, real quickly, you're out in Las Vegas. You've watched uh, uh, pretty much all of the uh, summer league games going on. Tell fans what you have seen from Evan Mobley, um, Cavs' first-round pick, and, and what you think the Cavs got in Evan Mobley. Watching him in person, he is incredibly long defensively. All of the things that you heard about with him being the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year at USC, those things are true. This kid is just so long. I, I mean, he really – it's – it's hard to even imagine uh, how long he is on the defensive end of the floor until you see him live. You know, he really is a special defensive player. On the offensive end, one of the concerns was his jump shot. That jump shot has been up and down thus far. That being said, what Evan Mobley showed us on Wednesday was that when the jump shot is not on, can he affect the game in different ways offensively? He put up six assists for the Cavaliers on Wednesday. And he said after the game, in a post-game media availability, that he sees his role with the Cavs as being a playmaker and that the Cavaliers trust him as a playmaker. And I've talked to some Cavs brass this week, and they've said that Evan Mobley is the guy that they're putting their faith in to turn this organization around. They know he's got to put on 25 pounds and and, and muscle out and, and frame out. They know that on the offensive end of the floor, they've got to evolve his jump shot. But the Cavaliers are going to have Evan Mobley passing the ball from the left elbow to players around him, and they're going to have him handling the basketball as well because Mobley can do it. And to be seven feet tall with a seven-foot-four wingspan, the expectation is that Evan Mobley, from the Cavaliers' standpoint, can be that big bet type of guy that you take at number three in a draft. They're betting on him taking – that type of climb that a Giannis has taken in the league. It's, it's what you hope for. It's what you bet on. You don't pick a guy like number three unless you think he could be that next guy that's seven feet tall, but he can handle the ball. He can shoot the ball. This guy can defend, though. He can impact the game in different ways offensively. He has a high amount of upside. 
he can be the guy, after watching him a couple times, that starts the Cavs' real turnaround. He really can be. All right, time to head to the uh, voicemail of Truth and Reason, and this viewer is talking about Ben Simmons. I hope the Cavs do sign Ben Simmons. He's another LeBron. He's the same comparisons to LeBron and the other athlete in the NBA other than um, Jay Crowder. Ben Simmons and the guy in the paint, that's all we need is a guy like Ben Simmons, put him at the one or the two, and then you got Allen at the center, and we and we can just use regular role players that just, you know, a minimum NBA contract. You know, let's, let's try to get this going. All right, John, I think Ben Simmons is a, is, is a pretty good player. Um, I wouldn't say he's the next LeBron by any shout. Um, I think his offensive game can evolve, and I think a change of, scenari- uh, change of scenario is kind of needed from him. I think the best thing for Ben Simmons is to probably move on from Philly where he can get a fresh start. Dave, <laughs> I, I almost want to listen to the voice. Are you kidding me? I mean, you just compared Ben Simmons to LeBron James? He should never be mentioned in the same breath. What has Ben Simmons ever won in his damn life? Sorry, but Ben Simmons is a good player. But he is not. He is not anywhere close. Not even in the same stratosphere as LeBron James. And Ben Simmons is not going to be the best player on a championship team. He's just going to be that type of guy. He is a really um, good defensive player. And he is someone that can attack the rim and make things happen. Does he need a change of scenery? Yes, he does. Could the Cavaliers end up, could they have ended up trading for him or acquiring him? They probably could have. Uh, They didn't. It didn't work out. And maybe they still could. I don't think it will happen, even if it did. Even if it did, if you think Ben Simmons is walking into that door like LeBron James, you cannot compare LeBron James to any human being. You can't. You can't compare LeBron James to anybody. I guarantee LeBron James shut down that shot that we're showing right now. Ben Simmons is a good player. Um, and at times he's been in times he's been flirting with the superstar type of thing. But Ben Simmons has never won anything of significance. He would be a waste of, for me, be a waste of time. I don't think that he's the right player for the Cavaliers to bring in. It's no disrespect to him, but I, I just don't see it. I'm out on Ben Simmons. If you're going to if you're going to compare him to LeBron James, whoever that caller is, I hope he keeps calling back and gives us voicemails of truth and reason. But my goodness gracious, that was not truth and reason. You can't compare LeBron James to Ben Simmons. That's the exact opposite of it. All right, John Fanta. As always, John, appreciate the time and the insight. Thanks very much. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. All right, have a good one. John Fanta. Um, uh, Of note, LeBron James and Ben Simmons do have the same agent, Rich Paul. With that, we're going to step aside, take a quick time out on the other side of the break. Hayden Groves from The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com will join us. Uh, We'll talk more Browns football. Sports for CLE. We'll be right back. Stay with us.
Sports for CLE continues. We turn our attention back to the Browns, and we are uh, pleased to be joined by Hayden Groves, reporter for Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer. Hayden, appreciate the time and the insight. Uh, you were out in Berea. Um, tell us, what are you anxious to see? Who do you want to see that will play um, in Jacksonville against the Jaguars in that first preseason game? Well, thanks for having me, Dave. And, uh, you know, I think that I'm excited to see the rookies. I know we're not going to see a ton of starters. We're not going to see a ton of offensive players. Um, your typical kind of Browns offense at this point, you're going to see Case Keenum. You're going to see, you know, some of these other rookies. So I'm looking forward to seeing the rookies. I'm looking forward to seeing Greg Newsom at the corner. I'm looking forward to seeing Jeremiah Usukoromoa at some point. I'm looking forward to seeing even guys like Tony Fields, um, Richard LeCount. I'm excited to see those guys because, uh, at this point, you're not going to see a ton in the way of the Brown starters. So those are the guys you're looking for. Um, those are the guys you really haven't seen in brown and orange yet. So at this point, I'm just looking at the rookies, seeing what they can do. Um, have you been impressed with, with uh, what you have seen? I know Owusu uh, Koromoa missed the, the first 10 practices, but who of the rookies has kind of has, has opened up your eyes? I know you've been out at camp in Berea quite a bit. Yeah, the rookie that's opened my eyes, Demetric Felton. Um, he was a late-round pick out of UCLA, running back, wide receiver, hybrid type of guy, and he's been really good. He's been really good in both roles. He's got that kind of quick twitch first step that you don't see very often. He's you know definitely making a case to be the third running back on this roster. Um, I really love Dearness Johnson as well, but Demetric Felton has really looked good in camp. It's a little bit easier to see the offensive guys just because, again, that's where the ball is going. Um, Greg Newsom has been really, really good as well. Um, learning from guys like Denzel Ward, Grady Williams, Troy, Troy Hill. So um, I would say that to this point, Demetric Felton has been my kind of best rookie to this point in camp. What's it been like having fans back at training camp? And how um, how rowdy have they been in the time that you've seen them? Well, Dave, it's hot out there. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of something where sometimes the heat can get the best of them. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, sometimes as well, there is – you know, they're on one field that's close or one field that's not so close, so they try to go back and forth. Um, but the fans have been great. It's, you know, football is not football without fans. Football in Cleveland is not football in Cleveland without Browns fans. I think the Browns are the best fan base in the United States, uh, in in the world, um, for an NFL team. And uh, I, I love seeing them out there. I've seen a lot of friends, a lot of friendly faces. Um, love having the fans out there today. The, uh, the Browns went out and thanked the fans for coming out because, it would, you know, they moved the practice up early. It was super humid out there, super hot, and still you had a full grandstand of fans. So definitely great to see the fans. I know the players enjoy seeing the fans. You know, hopefully next year we'll be in a situation where after practice they can start doing autographs again, taking pictures. That's always a great part of camp as well. Um, we heard from Jordan Elliott today. What have you seen from him? That's a guy that's the second-year guy, um, and, and a lot of times you expect that big jump um, from, from a guy that has been in the league for a year and kind of has an offseason to figure out what he needs to work on. What have you seen from Jordan Elliott? Yeah, I mean, that was a guy that was really high in terms of the analytics guys. I mean, he was a PFF darling uh, when they drafted him, and um, they said this offseason he's kind of recharged his body. Uh, transformed it a little bit. I, you know, it's it's a little bit tough to see him because you see so much of Andrew Billings, you see so much of Malik Jackson, but he's definitely going to provide depth on that defensive line, even if he's not an every down player. Um, you know, you, you're going to need depth at every position, and certainly the defense is no different. So, um, with Tack McKinley out and 
with no timetable for his return. Um, it's been good. Jordan Elliott's been good. He's been in there, you know, making plays. And I think that's a guy, again, you don't draft a guy that high as they did when John Dorsey was there. Um, or excuse me, when Andrew Barry was there to make, you know, to make, to not have make an impact. So I think Jordan Elliott is going to make an impact this year. You're going to see a little more of him. I'm projecting a much better season for Jordan Elliott. There's a bunch of new guys uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, have any of them kind of opened up your eyes and said, ah, man, boy, that was pretty, that guy can play a little bit. Yeah, a lot of them. Uh, you look at Jadavion Clowney, and he's been uh, a force to be reckoned with. I mean, just taking over the right tackle. every Whoever it is, Jack Conklin, doesn't matter. He's he's in the backfield every play. Jadavion Clowney has had a hell of a camp. Um, you look also at John Johnson the third, a guy who, you know, reigns over that defense, is a very, very skilled player, but also a leader. Um, he's been making a lot of plays throughout camp. Really impressed by him. Anthony Walker, another kind of captain type of player on that defense, manning the middle of the linebacker unit. So those are the three guys. that I mean, they were probably arguably the three biggest signings this offseason, and I think all of them have made a tremendous impact on me and a tremendous impact on the team just like when you watch them play. I mean, they're tremendously, tremendously talented. I think Jadavion Clowney could have a really, really special season here in Cleveland with Miles Garrett on the other side. And John Johnson's a guy you're going to have around for you know quite a long time because, again, that's a, that's that's going to be a key cog in your defense for years to come. So um, it really impressed with Walker Jr. and Johnson third and Jadavion Clowney. When you the, the reports are that the defense has been kind of ahead of the offense, have, have you kind of seen that as well as the defense been just from your perspective? And and does that surprise? Yeah, I think the the thing that surprises yeah. me is you return pretty much all eleven of the starters, and you got all these new pieces on defense. So. I guess that would be a good thing if the defense is ahead of the offense and their new guys blending together. Yeah, it's tough. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say the defense is far ahead of the offense. Um, I think they're pretty much on an even playing field. And again, when you're facing Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett, you might have an edge every time on defense because they're going to be in the backfield every play. So, you know, I, I think that a lot of offense is also game planning. It's also play calling. And at this point in the in this point in training camp, you're really not doing that. Um, the defense generally kind of has an idea of what's coming. Uh, but, no, I don't think that the defense is super far ahead or the offense is super, super far behind. I mean, I remember last year the offense looked awful through most of training camp, and, you know, they turned it on and got it together. So I think we're already far past that point. I think Baker Mayfield's had a good camp. Um, I just think it's kind of the nature of the beast at this point where you're facing yourself. You're not really facing another team yet. I can't wait to see what the offense looks like against the Giants defense next week. I can't wait to see that. That is kind of when I'll really have a, a better idea of what we're looking at. Because, again, these kind of they, they, they might not know exactly what they're running, you know, defensively and offensively, but they have an idea of what the schemes are. And um, so I'm, I can't – it's hard to judge in that way. So you touched on it. How has Baker Mayfield looked? Obviously – that's a guy that if he plays well, a lot of good things usually follow for the Browns. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's that's the nature of the quarterback position, right? I mean, if your quarterback plays well, you have a chance. Uh, but I think Baker's been really sharp. Um, you know, there are certain there are going to be days, there are going to be times where he's not, you know, 100% accurate and, you know, he makes a bad read here or there. I think that's just the nature of the position and the nature of camp going out there every day, you know, not really having, uh, you know, preparing for a game, having a game plan every day. Instead, just kind of, know going out there and yes preparing preparing for what you want to do but i think baker's been pretty sharp um he's been accurate with the football he's been tossing it around to a lot of targets um you know Jar jarvis landry one of his favorite targets he's looked good passing to donovan people's jones who's had a tremendous 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 camp thus far um 
he looks in control. I think that's the biggest thing. He looks like a leader. He looks in control. Um, he looks like a guy who has the attention of his team. He looks like a guy who has the respect of his team. And he looks like a guy who's in great shape. Um, I think Baker's poised for a really big year. And I think you're starting to see um, in training camp that things are going well in his direction. So I think Baker Mayfield's been just what they need in this camp. And uh, again, just a good leader for that offense. Hayden Grove from The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com and I are going to step aside, take a quick time out on the other side of the break. We will continue talking uh, Brown's training camp. Hayden has been out in Berea. Uh, we'll get his thoughts uh, about the kicking situation. Uh, some news about that coming out of Berea today. Sports for CLE. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Life is getting back on track, and so is the job market. Be ready with the training you'll need to get a great job. If you or your family has experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, try Seek and Help with tuition assistance. Whether you want to improve your skills, get certified, or train for a new career, go to try-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. Register now for online and on-campus classes. Try-C is where futures begin. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. We continue talking Browns football with Hayden Grove from The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com, who's been out at training camp in Berea. Um, Hayden, so word came out today that the Browns intend to alternate opportunities for the kickers in Jacksonville. Um, with a good team and not a lot of position battles going on, everybody focuses on the kickers. And Is this really a kicking competition, or does Cody Parkey have kind of the leg up, if you will, in this uh, battle? Very, very nice pun. I, yeah, Cody Parkey does have the leg. I would be shocked if Cody Parkey was not a kicker uh, on week one. I just think, you know, he's a guy that's been around the NFL for a long time. He played pretty well for the Browns last year. Um, it's not, in my opinion, it's really not a, uh, it's really not a kicking competition. But um, I think the one thing that was mentioned, if Cody Parkey does start to struggle, you know, the, the waiver wire is always, always, always filled with kickers. Um, and the Browns could definitely look in that direction. But yes, they should, you know, they should get opportunities. You know, there's no reason for Cody Parkey to kick every kick, you know. Um, so I, I'm not concerned about the kicking situation in Cleveland. I think Cody Parkey is going to be just fine, um, given for what they need. 
Yeah, and, and you know, it's it, there's going to be a game or two where you're going to need Cody Parker to make field goal late. That's just the nature of, you know, especially with a 17-game season. Do you have any under-the-radar names that, that have really impressed you from camp? Maybe um, guys that are that are fighting for roster spots that, that have really opened up some eyes, you think? Yeah, I mean, Mac Wilson isn't really an under-the-radar name, but he's a guy that um, that kind of came in on the bubble uh, with the with the draft picks they had, with the guys they brought in. Um, Mac Wilson, I thought, was potentially a, a candidate to be cut. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think he's going to end up starting next to Anthony Walker Jr. They're going to kind of play more of a 4-2-5 with five defensive backs. But um, I think Mac Wilson's at a really, really nice camp. Um, said he kind of got really down on himself last year. Yeah, with the injuries and whatnot, and this year he's come back with a vengeance, and he's playing athletically. That's kind of that was kind of the the um, the big thing about Mac coming out of college was how is he how athletic he was, and you know he was still young when he came out, and he's still young in the league. So I think Mac Wilson's been pretty good. Um, Troy Hill isn't necessarily um, you know a, a smaller name, but I think he's been impressive. Again, a guy they signed this offseason to help their defense. Other than that, you know, a, a lot of the names are bigger names. I mean, Andrew Billings has been good. I think Malik Jackson has been good. Um, John Johnson III has been good. I mean, there really haven't been any outside of maybe some of the rookies, like I said, like you said, JOK, um, just coming out, you know, after the 10 days with COVID. But those are the two the couple of guys that I've, I've really liked. Offensively, again, I feel like everybody's a big name, and those are the guys <laughs> that are just getting after it. I would say Demetrius Felton would be the one that I would say has had a really good camp. Do you think they, um, they'll look at him to return kicks? I mean, I, that, I think that's a sign. If they start looking in that neighborhood, I think that's a pretty good sign. They're finding a reason to use him and keep him on the, on the 53-man roster. Yeah, yes, definitely. Uh, JoJo Natson at this point has, is definitely in that mix too. Um, a guy from Akron who, um, who the Browns like, but I don't, I think Demetri Felton could definitely play into that, play into that role. Um, he's got that quickness. He's got that vision. I think it would be great for him to be in that role. Um, he's, he's like, I, like you said earlier, he's a wide receiver hybrid kind of a running back as well. So he could do a lot of things. Um, I really like JoJo Natson. Obviously, went down with the ACL last year. Didn't really affect them too much. Um, but they brought the whole squad back. So it'll be interesting to see. If they, it'll be interesting to see if they want to go with the veteran and they want to just let Demetri Felton kind of learn the game as the first-string running back or if they just want to throw him out there. I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones did it a little bit last year. Um, I could see Demetri Felton definitely going in that direction. Uh, the other thing is, is, and you touched on it a little bit, um, they have the, the joint practices with the Giants coming up. So that's, that might be another reason that these starters are, are resting. You don't want to bring them back uh, and have them doing drills against a different team in like three, four days, whatever it is. Yeah, definitely. And I think when you do that, you're doing a controlled setting. You know, there's not a controlled setting in that preseason game. I'm not a fan of the preseason in terms of playing games, um, you know, especially given the COVID and everything else. So I – definitely like the idea of the controlled practices where you have set drills set times where sometimes you're yes sometimes yes you're going to go full speed and you're going to tackle but most of the time you're just going to kind of you know compete and i love that so uh, that's when a yes that is when i think the browns will show off some of their starters um, maybe even in that preseason game you might see like a, a series of baker maybe uh, but other than that, there's no real need. I don't think you'll see Odell this preseason. You might see a series of Jarvis. You might see a little bit of Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, 
Baker. But other than that, there's no real reason to put those guys out there. You're looking to win a Super Bowl this year, um, and you don't want to, you know, necessarily play them too hard in the preseason. You know, there's a long, long season, even longer than before, with 17 games. So um, you want to make sure those guys are ready for the long haul. Hayden Grove, reporter for The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. Hayden, thanks so much. Appreciate the time and the insight. Thank you very much. Dave, thank you. Appreciate you guys. All right. Hayden Grove from The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com giving us some insight from Berea and Brown's training camp. That'll do it for this edition of Sports for CLE. We will see you again tomorrow, 4 o'clock. Schedule guest Dan Lobby, Brown's beat reporter for The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. And Ryan Cavanaugh will be along to talk high school football, getting ready to ramp up throughout the state of Ohio. That's tomorrow at 4 o'clock on Sports for CLE. We'll see you then. Have a great night, everybody.